You're listening to a podcast from Victory. God's sanctifying grace transforms our behavior. Learn more about this truth in week three of our series, Amazing Grace. Titus chapter 2. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope and appearing, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. We're reading from the epistle of Titus. Uh, He's a Greek follower, and he was tasked by Paul to restore order in a network of house churches in Crete. And amazing thing about Crete, or interesting thing about Crete, Crete was notorious for treachery and greed. And what's been happening was the culture of the Cretans were seeping into the culture of the church. And basically, there was no difference in the culture outside and inside the church. And that's why Paul sent Titus there to put an order um, in the church house churches there. Um, in fact, one of the Greek words for being a liar was kritezo, which means to be a Cretan. So it was synonymous to lying. So Paul was exhorting the Cretan Christians that the same grace that saved them is the same grace that will transform them to say no to ungodliness and to live godly lives. And in turn, allow them to be set apart for God's good good works. So let's begin. Titus 2.11 says there, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Let's start with that. The grace of God has appeared. That means the grace of God has been revealed to those people. The remarkable, undeserved grace of God has appeared and become known to them. What does that mean? The word appear there, there is a very powerful word. It expresses that that the grace of God appeared to do what it, it sought out to accomplish. So it didn't just appear, but it appeared... To accomplish what it sought out to do. So that's what it is. So what did the grace of God accomplish? It accomplished bringing salvation. Everybody say salvation. Salvation to all people. So Jesus Christ, whole life here on earth, His birth, ministry, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven was to bring salvation to each and every one of us, to all people. All right? So that's our first point. Our first point is God's grace saves us from our sin. God's grace saves us from our sin. That means there is no prerequisite. You know what I mean? Because whenever you would invite people to come to church and you know they, they're kind of uncomfortable about church, or even this, wait, let me put my life in order before I come to church. 
and me feeling so far away from God that I want to actually come. But let me put my life in order first. You know what? God's grace can save you where you are. God's grace meets us where we are. All right? Grace, His unmerited favor, is not, it's, it's free for all. But it costs our God infinitely. It's completely unmerited. That means you don't deserve it. You can't earn it. Can you raise your right hand with me? Everybody raise your right hand. Grab the person you're right. Says, says, you don't deserve grace. Raise your left hand. Left hand. Everybody raise your left hand. Shake. And then grab the person you're left and says, and you can't earn it. You can never earn it. But the great thing about this grace, the amazing thing about this grace is that God's grace meets us where we are. There is no prerequisite. There are no prerequisites. That means getting what we don't deserve in Christ. That's what God's grace means. Right? All of us don't deserve it. And guess what? If we get what we deserve, that's what it is. Right? It goes on. Um, I, like, I like this verse. Ephesians 2.5. The NLT it says, It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. It's only, it's not by works, it's only by God's grace that you have been saved. You don't deserve it, you can't earn it. God's amazing grace shows us that God loves us because of who God is. Not because of who we are. That's what it is. There is nothing we do that compels God to rescue us. But by His mercy and grace, He saves us. Listen. I have been a Christian now since 1991 when I was born, Pastor Mike. No, 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 no. I'm lying. Sorry, God. All right. Since 1991. Next year, I'll be 30 years a Christian. And I've been a campus missionary slash pastor since 2003. Why am I saying that? All the things that I have accomplished does not compel God to save me. It doesn't. I am in the same boat as the most corrupt politician. As the most, um, I'm in the same boat with the most repulsive criminal you know. Or the most revolting person in the world. I need a savior as much as he does. But see, the thing about my walk with God is this. My, not accomplishment, but the things that, that I was able to do. All those years, I've gotten closer and closer to God. See, sometimes we say, no, 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 no. So, so I don't need to do, so all those things are for now. No. Walking with God gets you closer to God. His mercy and grace saves us. When God's amazing grace appeared, you encounter the grace of God, and we put our faith in Christ's finished work. We get what we don't deserve. All of us. We're all in the same boat. God's amazing grace saves us. He moves on in verse 12. It says, training us to renounce. So this is God's grace. Again, training us to renounce ungodliness. Alright? To renounce ungodliness and worldly passions or immoral desires. Another um, verse says, 
So training us. So God's grace not only saves us, but God's grace enables us to say no to sin. God's grace enables us to say no to sin or to reject sin. Why? Because God's grace doesn't want to leave us where we are. Yes, His grace, His amazing grace meets us where we are. There's no prerequisite, but God's amazing grace, His love for us, never wants you to leave you where you are. Right? And No, no, no. Doesn't God love you for who you are? Why does He want to change you? Pastor Joe was talking about his friend who has a brother. And the brother is addicted to drugs. He loves his brother so much that he wants his brother to what? To change. God loves us so much, he doesn't want us to leave where we are. That means we need to renounce ungodliness and worldly immoral passions and desires. God's grace enables us to say no to those sins. And it's really, it comes natural. When you look at children, one of the very first words that they master is the word mine or akinto. You never have to teach a child to be selfish. It comes naturally. And as a parent, we don't want them to stay the same. We don't want them to be where they, they are. We want them to change. That's how God sees us. Recently, we had to discipline one of our kids because of lying. All right? So that night, as I probed more, because my, my wife talked to me about what happened, and then so I wanted to, to get his side and probe more. And does he really understand the gravity of what he did? All right? So as I was talking to him before he's, he, he went to bed, that's not our picture, pero I, so basically... I asked him, so what happened? His version was this. His first version was, mom asked me to do something. I meant to do it, but I was tempted to do something else. And mom found out. And now I'm getting disciplined, right? So after, so I kept talking, wow. So, so I kind of empathized with him. Wow, I, I kind of, I know how you feel. That, that seemed kind of harsh. Is that all that happened? So eventually, as more we talked, he says, so actually, Dad, Mom asked me to do something, and I didn't want to do it. So I de deliberately disobeyed. And then when she confronted me, I lied about it. Uh, basically, when she said, did you just disobey me? And she say, he said, no. I mean, right in her face, knowing that he did disobey then, then, I, then, then as we talk more and more, unpacking all the different things, again, mind you, this was late at night. I said, so, so, so Dad, so, he, was, he was being honest. He was being sincere. So, Dad, I'm getting disciplined for a small little word that I said. That, no. Like, did you disobey me? He said, he just said, no. That small, insignificant word, right? And so I asked him, did you disobey mom? Yes. Did you lie about it? Yes. You know that little 
small, insignificant word, disrespected mom. That small, insignificant word hurt mom's feelings. That small, insignificant word made mommy not trust your word. And that small, insignificant word created a rift between your relationship and mom. You see, we love him so much that we don't want him to stay where he is. It's the same thing with God. We think, no, it's just a small sin. What did our sin cause God? See, grace is free for anyone who comes to God in faith. But it costs Jesus everything. So, so, I, so she said, okay, 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 Dad, I, I get it. I got it. I'm really sorry. Right? Romans 6, 12, and 14 says this. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom. Everybody say freedom. Freedom of God's grace. See, we get freedom from sin through Christ. You don't have to sin anymore. That's what God's grace gave us. We are now able to say no to sin. Before, we couldn't help it, but now we're able to say no to sin. We get freedom from sin. You are free. We can reject sin. We can say no. And it goes on. It says, And training not just us to renounce, but to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Right? Teaches us to live. So, God, so, so God's grace saves us. God's grace enables us to say no. God's grace empowers us to live godly lives. In other words, God's grace transforms us to be more and more and more and more and more like Christ. In other words, we get freedom to live godly lives through Christ. I like this Charles Spurgeon quote. He says, If it gives you the grace to make you believe, He will give you the grace to live a holy life. See, a lot of times we think true freedom, real freedom is, is being able to do what you want. That's not real, real freedom. Real freedom is actually the ability to do what is right. It's not what you... Freedom is not, I can do whatever I want. Real freedom is the ability to do what is right. And you are free to do what is right. In Christ, we have freedom to do what is right. It moves on, it says, and so, verse 14 says, Who gave himself up for us to redeem us from all lawlessness, to purify for himself a people for his own possession. For what? Who are zealous for good works. For good works. So that means who always want to do good. So God is setting us apart. God is purifying us for himself. 
to be His people. See, what was happening in Crete was, was that there's no difference between the Christian believers who claims to have salvation, who claims to have encountered the grace of God to those outside the church who has no idea who Christ is. What God is saying here, Paul was saying here is that God is setting up His people. He's purifying us. He's setting us apart for His own possession to be God's people. So that what? So that we can do good works. God's grace sets us apart for Himself. God's grace sets us apart for Himself. That means we get to do all things in Christ. God's grace sets us apart. After graduating college, I, I worked as a civil engineer for the Department of Transportation in Hawaii. And because I, I worked in the field office, we oversaw highway construction projects. All the engineers that I worked with were basically male. Like, um, and, and anytime we would eat together, I would always be the, the butt of all the jokes because I was single, I never dated around, never slept around, and, and I was always hanging out or I was in campus ministry. So, so they would always say like, Henry, what's wrong with you? You don't like girls and you're, all your free time is spent with young boys. So, you know, the innuendos of, of, of all those different things, I was always going to be like that. See, it's not like I set myself apart. It was God's grace. It, it wasn't, I was trying to be holy. It's just God's grace enabling me to be able to do those things. We get, so the, it says here, we are not saved by good works. We are saved for good works. Right? It's for good works. God's grace sets us apart for himself. God's grace brings us near to God for good works. Uh, I talked about working for as an engineer. I remember like just being it was just too long. Like it was a long day. I wasn't excited about the work. But anytime three o'clock will hit, because I would start at six thirty and uh, be off at three o'clock. Three o'clock will be off. I'm off to the campus. As a full uh, full-time volunteer campus missionary in our Grace Bible Church, Honolulu. And so, and it didn't matter. Like, like 6.30 to 3, it would be long-winded. But anytime, overnight, overtime, over the holidays, didn't matter, whatever it took to disciple young students. And it was like, that's what God saved me to do. And it kind of reminded me of, um, of Heather. I'm going to end with this story. Heather Heck. She's a uh, single mom. She was still committed to her party life. Um, one night of drunk driving changed her li whole life forever. She, she caused an accident that caused the life of a couple in the other car. And so facing imprisonment, she called out to God. Her grandma kept asking her about coming back to God, but she, she didn't. Uh, she called out to God. Over time, her heart changed. And she actually began leading other women while in prison to Christ. And our church in Nashville actually started a whole prison ministry because of her leadership while she was incarcerated. And as she was going through this, like, she even thought like, God, maybe this is the good that, that came out of this. And maybe 
I can redeem myself and I can keep on doing, um, doing prison ministry after I get off. Little did she know that God brought her close to himself for a special work. Um, this is what she posted in her Facebook about in July of 2019. She said, it's been 11 years today since my car accident that changed the course of so many people's lives. Today, I am thankful for the power of God and His grace that rescued me from unimaginable darkness. Today, I am thankful for the restoration and redemption found at the cross. This is what she said. No matter where you are, it's never too late. Jesus is still the answer. Beauty instead of ashes. You know, today, Heather serves as a campus missionary in Hawaii. That's her. It didn't make any sense. Right? She's an ex-convict reaching out to college students. She even had offers from her local church there to keep the ministry in the prison going. She's a white girl from Nashville, Tennessee, reaching out to predominantly Asians and Polynesians in Hawaii. And also, she's a single mother reaching out to young people. In her eyes, she doesn't deserve God's grace. Her sin cost two lives. She was basically disqualified to do God's work. She made too many wrong decisions in her life. And she, basically she said, it's too late. But with God's amazing grace, it's never too late. With God's amazing grace, you're never too far gone. And she is a testimony of that. But wait, there's more. She was actually reconciled with the family of the couple who died in the car accident. And they have a good relationship today. In fact, they are their biggest partner as she does her campus missionary work in Hawaii. Now that's God's amazing grace. You know, God's amazing grace saves us from our sins. Not only that, God's amazing grace enables us to reject sin. It empowers us to live godly lives and sets us apart for Himself. See, God's grace is active. It's not past tense. It's not say a prayer and then that's it. You are not on your own. God's grace is with you. God's Holy Spirit is with you each step of the way. And you can live a, God, a life that honors God and accomplish the good works He prepared for you in advance by relying on God's amazing grace. Let's pray. Lord, here we are. We're so thankful that You called us. We're so thankful that God's grace appeared to us personally, Lord. And that we are a living testimony of what your grace can do. Reaching out to 
someone like me, someone like us, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. And, and our prayer, Lord God, is that you would reveal to us even more and more of what that means in our daily lives. That it's not just about our eternal destination, but it's also about our present situations, Lord. That we need more and more and more of your grace to walk this faith life out, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You just heard a message from Victory. For more messages like these, visit victory.org.ph or download the Victory app.